A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I wanna be there. I wanna live there. I wanna go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into CityCast, where we aim to keep you updated on all things City of Rock Hill. I'm Ashley Studebaker alongside co-host Matthew Cray here. We have two special guests with us today um, with United Way. So ladies, if you don't mind, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us your title and how you got to where you are now. Great. I'm Rebecca Melton, and I'm the president of United Way of York County. So we serve York County, South Carolina. Um, and how I got here, I've been here nine years by way of my 35-year career in nonprofits here in York County. So glad to be a part of United Way. And I have my colleague here, Summers B. Oakey, who is our collective impact director. Thank you both for joining us. So, and with the, we'll let Summers be. Oh, uh, I thought she was, you know, just yeah. kind of taking it over there for you. Go ahead. Sure, I'm happy to introduce myself. I'm Summers B. As Rebecca said, I'm the Collective Impact Director. Um, I worked at Winthrop prior to coming to United Way, so I've been at United Way for about three years. And before that, I was the Assistant Director at the Center for Public Opinion and Policy Research at Winthrop. Awesome. Thank you. So we usually like to do a little icebreaker thing um, with our guests and Matthew usually handles that. So. Yeah. So what, what we've been doing lately when we have two guests, we, we've tried to mix it up. We've done some different things. But uh, for today, I'll keep it simple. Just give us one fun fact about yourself. Maybe it's a fun fact from childhood. Maybe it's something you did recently, a trip you went on. Uh, do either of you have a fun fact that uh, comes to mind? Well, I'll do the first one that comes to mind. I'm a twin. I have a twin brother. So. Okay. Oh, wow. yeah. Awesome. Right. So we got it. And yet we're 30 minutes apart. So that's a little bit different, too. Yeah. Very cool. So a twin in the house. That's cool. I wish I were more fun. <laughs> um, hmm. I wonder. I, I thought it was going to be more structured. Someone told me to prepare my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> um, my fun fact. Let me think. Uh, I'm not very fun. Maybe okay, well, let me ask this. Uh, what was the last thing you watched on TV? Oh, I've been re-watching New Girl. New Girl? For like the third time, oh, so okay. also not fun. I see your face. Are you <laughs> My husband girl? loves that. No, oh, he loves it. <laughs> he went through all the seasons with our granddaughter. They loved it. Uh, what is y'all's coolest vacation spot? My parents live in Hilton Head Island, so Ooh. we were just there last week. So. Okay. It's a double vacation. There you go. You get child nice. care and a vacation all in one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm from it's the Charleston. Best kind of vacation. Yeah, and so, I'm from Charleston, so I love it there when and I then, get back to visit. Do either of you have a favorite type of cookie? Are you a simple or just I'm a big sweets guy over here, so yeah. I'm I'm always interested Matthew's in definitely a big like <laughs> we have sweets in the office, they're probably gone by noon because yeah. of Matthew. I like like a really thin chocolate chip cookie. Like okay. Thin and crunchy. I'm not like oh, crunchy? Soft and gooey. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm kind of particular okay. about that. I like the thin mints. Ooh, Those kind of girls. Oh, yes. Well, Rock They're Hill's great. getting a fun cookie spot. So if you guys are big cookie fans, we have Crumble coming. Matthew knows a little bit more about yeah. that. Yeah. But. So I, I'm, I like chocolate chip. I'm also a big fan of a, a well-made sugar cookie with icing on top. Okay. So I'm a peanut butter gal. Anything peanut butter, just give it to me. I can't be mad about peanut butter. That's also one of my... Yeah, uh, you have like a gallon at your desk. No, no one needs to know that. <laughs> That's that's Private. a lie. Uh, no, it's not. All right, so 
uh, now we can get to some of the real questions that we've got to know you guys a little bit. So, so one of you would tell me, what is United Way for those out there who don't know? Well, United Way is a nonprofit organization serving the citizens in York County, South Carolina. Um, we're part of a worldwide organization, but I think what people don't understand is we're very local. So we're governed by a local board of directors, probably names of people you would recognize, Sabrina Gast, our coroner. Coroner is the chairman of the board. Um, we have the local board of directors. We have a local staff that the board decides what programs we do and how we serve the community. Um, we we have a bold goal of helping families be financially stable by 2030. So that's 3,000 families we want to help by 2030. I think some other facts you may not uh, realize is that we have a, a small staff, six people, that do a lot of different various programs out in the community. And uh, we have been here for 80 years. So this is our 80th anniversary oh, year. Wow. So things have really changed yeah. over 80 years and what we do and how we how we serve others. And we're just so grateful to have such a talented team at United Way. So you mentioned the helping 3,000 families here in York County um, to just be financially stable by 2030. Can you walk us through that plan? Like, how are you guys working to achieve that? Well, we're doing a lot of different areas. I'm going to name the three areas, and I think Summersby can weigh in, too, on some of the facts of why it's important. Um, the three areas that we've been looking at is, um, you know, workplace, I mean, workforce development. So people getting a job, uh, getting a better job, paying what we call a livable wage. Uh, we're looking at financial literacy. So that's kind of like, what do you do with your money? How do you budget it? Should you have emergency savings, how you pay off debt, that type of thing. And then the third piece is our family and economic support. Uh, so that could be anything from child helping people go to work with child care, elder care, uh, paying some emergency bills, things that keep our families safe. And then Summersby has some of the facts why that's important to York County to talk about what does York County really look like in terms of who makes up York County. Mm. Sure. Well, we know York County is a great place to live. Um, we know we have a low uh, poverty rate. We have great education. Um, but we know that there are families that are stuck in between. So they're working. They're working hard, often more than one job, but they don't make enough to make ends meet and save for the future. So we're working with families like that to help them access and navigate financial stability services so that they can get onto the path to financial stability. We know it doesn't happen overnight, right? Someone doesn't come in and say, uh, come to our office and say, I'd like to be financially stable, and we make it happen in a week or a month or a year. Um, but we give them the tools and resources they need to set their own goals and move towards the trajectory of that long-term financial stability. So to create a 10-year goal, I'm not sure when you create it, but a 10 or so year goal means you identified this as a really big problem. Uh, why? We did, and this 10-year goal, it even started before Summersby came with us. So it started back in, oh, I guess, 2018, 2019. We looked at what were some gaps and opportunities that how the United Way could serve. How could we remain relevant in the community? We're no longer your, that people call it your grandfathers or your grandmothers United Way, if you even know what that is, if people gave money and you granted it out. Now we're really looking at solving problems that affect our community. So we did um, a needs assessment with Winthrop University. 
we did a lot of surveys we talked to our donors we talked with companies that we worked with and we tried to uh, figure out what are the gaps and opportunities that were available to the united way the space to work in and we found that families you they they need to be able to financially prepare um, and have a safe home uh, a great meal something to eat you know just to make ends meet we call it self-sufficiency whatever that may be we know that uh, 16 percent of our population in york county make twenty five thousand dollars or less so if you if you think about that figure twenty five thousand dollars whether it's a family of one or two that's not a high figure for people to make their ends meet so then we were able to look at so how could we solve that problem or move it toward families being financially stable and that's where Summersby came in in our collective impact area to look at what were the pillars or what were the things that were going to move families toward the self-sufficiency so in your guys's research with all this what have you come to find that is the actual hourly wage for needed to be financially stable Sure. So you often hear about the federal poverty level, um, and we really think that that's a measure of deprivation. So the federal poverty level um, has food accounting for one third of someone's budget. We know that that's not reality. Child care and housing typically make up a half to two thirds of folks um, income or their expenses. And so we developed with the United Way Association of South Carolina and the University of Washington what is called the self-sufficiency standard. It is a more nuanced measure of what it costs to live uh, for each county in South Carolina. Um, on our website, you can go on to our self-sufficiency standard webpage, and there's a Tableau tool where you can enter in the family composition, how many adults, how many infants, how many preschool, school age, and teenage children, and figure out the real cost of living. So for a family of three, that's one adult, one school age, and one preschool age child, we're looking at about $54,000 a year to make ends meet, which is well above 200% of the federal poverty line. Um, so we know that there are folks that um, don't uh, that aren't meeting that self-sufficiency standard, but they don't earn an, or they earn too much for typical assistance. So they're caught in this gap in between. It's about $24 an hour if you want an hourly wage. Um, and that's a bare bones budget. So that's going to the grocery store once a week, no eating out, no ice cream, uh, just a bare bones budget. And you, ha- you guys have this cool thing. And if one of you could just uh, maybe try to give a mind's eye view of what it is but uh the simulator that you guys have that kind of walks you through the the decisions you have to make if you were someone in that situation um would would one of y'all expand on that a little bit sure i'd be glad to in summers if you have further details but i'll tell it from a perspective of say the mom that has to make difficult decisions based on perhaps she doesn't make a livable wage and so how much can you spend at the grocery store and then you pay car insurance and then you have after school care but maybe your children want to play baseball or football play a sport or maybe they want to go to a birthday party and they need to bring a present well you don't have that in your budget some weeks you pay one bill to catch up on the other bill that was late and so you're paying late fees and different things it's really difficult and when we did these poverty simulations what we found did not surprise us that people will do anything for the people that they love sometimes they would be late on their car insurance would they maybe forget about a ticket that they had or just different scenarios because it's just hard when you don't have enough money and how do you pay these bills but then how do you have a quality of life for your child and we're we're not talking about extravagant 
when we talked about going out to eat, we meant pizza. Mm. We meant something that's not ice cream. We meant things that could be affordable to some families, but certainly out of the case for some. Summersby, you want to add anything? Sure, absolutely. I'd just add that um, that simulator is available free online for anyone who wants to click through it. It's called the Spent Poverty Simulation, and you can go through yourself and try and make it through 30 days um, with the situation that you're given and really uh, step into the shoes of someone who's struggling in that way. I, I remember one scenario where uh, the mother, it was a single mother, had gotten a job and then her child is sick, and then she has to decide whether she goes to work and finds someone to watch her kid or stays home and doesn't get paid. And I guess you guys found there are just a lot of people in York County that are, are struggling through situations like that? Yes, we know that child care costs um, can be high. We know they're very needed, and so uh, we know that families want to feel safe when they leave their children somewhere. But we know that's a reality, and when your children get sick and you can't go to work, we know that employers are depending on you, and, and depending on that work situation, you may not have the ability to miss work that day, so you're not paid when your child is sick or different things. And, and we do understand that it's probably, it's around, it affects everybody, not just the person that's trying to be at home with their sick child, the employer, everybody. How, how do we work around that? So the 3,000 is, is kind of the goal, but in, I mean, it's really not just childcare anymore that feels expensive. It's kind of everything that feels expensive. So is 3,000 like a limit or do you see like an influx right now of people just kind of needing help? That's a great question. So we set it as a bold goal, right? That uh, 3,000 families would, that we would help to achieve financial stability. But we certainly think that that's a starting point. So we're not going to stop working if we get to 3,000 before 2030. Um, so we certainly know, for example, there are about 42,000 families in York County that earn between 150% and 200% of the federal poverty line. So we certainly know that 3,000 is just a fraction of those folks that need help. And we will continue to work towards our goal. Uh, even if we meet the 3,000. So I think you touched on some of the three things that you're trying to help these families accomplish, but you identified the problem and you have some of these uh, down. That, that was the workforce development, the financial literacy, and the economic support. Go into detail a little bit about how you work with, uh, let's, an individual family to improve those scenarios. Sure. Well, we are very excited about a new program that we're kicking off called Power to Thrive. It's a financial stability network, which is a pilot program that we're kicking off this year. So over the past three years, well, forever, United Way has been giving out grants to community organizations. But over the past three years, we've really focused that work in these three areas, financial stability or financial literacy, workforce development, and economic and family support. What we found is that there are organizations that are doing phenomenal work in that space. United Way does not need to reinvent the wheel. What we found is that there is a gap in access and navigation of those resources. We heard again and again from our partners, we just don't have the capacity to take everyone that comes to us. So United Way is working with families to connect them to those resources. We're going to be providing centralized case management. So we'll do goal setting, help folks to access and navigate resources to know what will help them reach their goals so that, that when they come to us, we'll have a long-term relationship them along their entire path to financial stability, help ease the case management load of our partners, and make sure that folks are getting bundled and sequenced services so that they can be successful in reaching their goals. 
so maybe I missed this in what you said, but how are the people getting directed to you guys? That's a great question. Uh, and you didn't miss it. I didn't okay. say it. Um, <laughs> so our partners that we're working with now um, will be making referrals to us for folks that they feel that they are working with that could use additional support or help um, and that really are motivated for a long-term journey. And who are some of those partners, if you could let us know? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm certain that I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. So if I leave anyone out, I'm sorry. No but one feels slighted. Yes. <laughs> um, we are working with uh, the City of Rock Hills Housing Development Corporation with um, Habitat for Humanity, SC Works. Uh, the York County Library is giving us space. Clover Area Assistance Center, York Schools, the Rock Hill Housing Authority, the Chamber of Commerce has been involved in some of our discussions and I'm sure there are others that I'm forgetting but um, just to name some of the few that we are working with. And it's quite an innovative approach because it's everybody coming together to really work together. So many times each agency has I work in this program or I work in this space. Well now we're not really even talking about that. We're coming together and talking about what are the barriers for people being successful and how do they navigate through all the different services that are available because what you don't know can't help you. Right. And we were surprised along this journey. We've learned a lot and we thought we knew some of it. <laughs> and so it's just a continual journey to learn. And so I do think it's a very um, proactive and innovative approach to how we um, try to help others. So it's weird, but we still deal with COVID to this day. And I can only imagine how it was for you guys during the pandemic. Um, have you guys been able to catch up at all? Or what, I mean, what was that like for you? Cause I mean, a lot of people were needing so much help out of jobs and everything. So what was that like for you guys? Well, we did, Summersby would speak more to this, but we do have our 211 call center it's a helpline and it's 24 7 very valuable that folks could call and you know you couldn't go anywhere and ask for help and maybe you called an agency who had limit limited capability what if everybody mm -hmm. at that agency has covid so how did we continue providing those services or at least people would know where to go we know that the calls for rent utilities now it's food it kind of it goes with what you see the needs when you read the news or you hear the news mm -hmm. it those calls mirror what the needs are here in the community uh these families who are struggling what what are the common themes or root causes you see that have you know put them in a position where they are struggling i think it, it's it's independent right it's yeah. it's uh depends on each individual okay. of course we know that there are systemic barriers that prevent folks from achieving their goals um so we know those and we name them and we address them uh through our dei work practices such as predatory lending and redlining and generational poverty that have led some folks to be where they are we also know that everyone is struggling because of inflation because of uh, the cost of housing and um the ability to find childcare and to um, be able to afford their basic needs. So I don't think that there is a formula for these people did this wrong and that's why they're struggling, but rather they've done everything right and they're working really, really hard and there was a barrier in their way that prevented them from being able to get where you and I are. And so hopefully we can identify that barrier and help them overcome it um, and have the confidence to achieve that financial stability. So the goal was set back in either 2018 or 2019, and the goal was for 3,000. Uh, 
Have there been any people that have gone from point A to point B, success stories you guys can brag on? Sure, that's a great question. One thing that's really important to us is that we let folks define success for themselves, okay. right? So financial stability looks different for everyone. Some people may say, to be financially stable, I just need to pay my rent on time every month, and that's good enough for me, right? Um, and so as we've been following these folks along their path to financial stability, we're, we're tracking their uh, ability, their knowledge, skills, and ability in the space of financial stability. Um, so we have seen folks that have been successful that have um, earned jobs with a living wage, that have increased their wages, increased their asset ownership, um, bought houses. We've seen a lot of success. Um, and so as we have served about 1,500 people each year over the past three years, we have certainly seen a percentage of those folks that are reaching financial stability in terms of saying, you know, 12 people have reach financial stability. Um, we don't have that number because um, we're also in a post slash still in pandemic area where everything is really changing and inflation is 13%. Um, so folks that felt like they were financially stable a year ago may not feel that way anymore. So we're continuing to track population measures, look at folks that we are working with, and really right now, because this is a long-term goal, in these first three years, we're looking at folks that are on the path to financial stability. And I would say that we are well over 3,000 folks that have started their journey and are working towards that goal. So United Way has been around for 80 years. Um, and Rebecca, you've been involved for 30 plus. So how, how have you seen United Way change from when you started to, or even York County, to what it is now? Well, certainly we've seen York County grow. Mm -hmm. and the needs have grown and as summers we said it's a great place to live but we know that people are in need in our in our county no matter how great it is you you still have people that have needs um, i've watched united way i was on the other side of united way being one of the recipient organizations of a grant years and years ago and so watched how it was all about giving the money and not necessarily what Summersby and i talked about today helping families be financially stable it, it, it that has changed it used to just be if an organization did a good job they met good housekeeping rules for nonprofits they were probably funded and that has changed and that's why we knew that in order to be relevant we would have to change what we do at United Way so that ha I have definitely seen that I've seen a, a community that's very generous uh, there's lots of different ways to give. You can imagine, you know, that um, I was a director of the Red Cross during Hurricane Hugo, and this kind of funny. Oh, wow. uh, my colleague and I, she actually works at United Way. We remember getting in over a million dollars, and it was checks and cash. Now, that may be foreign to some people. They're like, how do you process checks and cash? You know, like you took them to the bank, you know. So we have seen where people have different options of giving. And I think that's really helped people understand that, you know, not only we need you to volunteer we need you to donate we need you to have a voice for others there's something that anybody and everybody can do it doesn't always have to be to make a donation so to to round out the uh, 3,000 families financial viability piece I think you said that the first few years is kind of identification um, are there other phases to this plan well, what's the next one 
I would see that the next one is what Summers be talked about, the power to thrive, and how do we move as a community together? And what does that collaboration, we use those words a lot, but I'm telling you, when you're in this room with the agencies and the way they're talking to each other, it's nothing like I have ever heard. It's so exciting. It's so, you wouldn't know who represented what agency at that room. You would have no idea. You would just think it's a group of citizens that came together to help families. Mm. So we've heard of, you know, we've heard you say, Rebecca, just how far United Way has come. So where are you guys going? I know, Summersby, you talked about a new program. Is there anything else on the horizon for United Way, or is it really just daily continuing to focus on these families? I think it's partly daily to continue to focus on these families, but I think as we're on that journey, each part of the journey we learn different things or what are some other needs that we never even thought of that's how this whole power to thrive came because we just saw everybody doing great work but not being able to execute that work fully because of uh, people power because of coordination and collaboration so I know that we'll be um, learning more about that in the future Summersby I think that's where we are for now. It and is, <laughs> yes. And we're also excited about engaging the community a little more. We had to sort of take a step back during COVID from some of our volunteer work, um, but we're excited about a women's affinity group called Women United that we'll start to do some advocacy and um, relationship and mentorship with folks in our community. So we're kicking that off hopefully this year. Um, and we're really excited about engaging some folks in our community in a different way than they may have been engaged with United Way before. Uh, so Rebecca, maybe you can speak to this since you've been with United Way so long, and this kind of pairs with a question Ashley had earlier, but what are some of the landmark, uh, ways you have helped the community? So the financial stuff is a more recent plan. What were some of the former initiatives you guys have had that really helped? Well, I know the United Way has been involved in bringing uh, millions of dollars in assets to the community through the grant process. Uh, many programs that we had in the past that still continue. The 211 is an invaluable resource. It's the only resource like it in the community. And that started, I think, back in 2015. So that's been going on quite a while. Various programs that we've had over the years. I think over the years when there was a need, the United Way stepped in and tried to fill that need our work now we're seeing is the need is full-time through the financial stability and trying to help families be on that journey so I do see that as really a major part of what we do how we engage with folks you know we learned there's a very big virtual world out there so do families necessarily have to come to us physically how can we communicate how can we best serve those that are in need uh, and Summersby, talk a little bit about what the 211 Center is. Sure, absolutely. So that is organized through our United Way State Association. So anyone can call the 211 phone number, go to sc211.org, or visit their app on their smartphone. And what they can do is reach a trained operator, tell their story once, and they can connect them with all of the resources that can help them with their need throughout York County or other areas of South Carolina if they're interested. Um, And we are really excited about that program and the data that it provides. Um, We've seen since COVID, a sharp increase in the folks in York County that are looking for shelters, motel stays, um, and homeless services. So we know that that's been an increasing need. It used to be that rent assistance and utility assistance and food were the
the top needs. Those are still in the top five, but we are really seeing the need for homeless shelters as an increase in calls. So it really gives us a pulse of the community of what the needs are and how we can address those needs. Um, so we know the Catawba Area Coalition for the Homeless is working really hard in York County on that homeless need. Um, and so being able to provide that data to them and say, you know, 18% um, of our calls this month were about folks that are homeless um, is really helpful, we think, to our community partners and um, also to the individuals who call and need help. So I, I can't help but just think about like, and this is really a question for both of you, but I can't help but think about like the single mom or single dad out there who's just really struggling to pay like childcare or something and you guys set them on the, on the right track. So is that simply put the most rewarding thing for you guys or like, what do you feel? Cause I'm sure this is an emotional job for both of you. What is so rewarding for you guys? I think making the connection for them and providing hope. I, I see it when, especially calls that come to the office. I, I don't always get to see the journey based on what I do, but the calls that come in and people needing help, that there's some hope and that even if it's just talking it out. And I had a call the other day and some of it was just talking it out and the person had a different view and said, that really wasn't a good idea what I wanted to do. And I didn't say it was a good idea. I just <laughs> said, well, I don't really know that I can say that. And she was like, I, I get it. And mm -hmm. so just being able to provide hope. We all like to think that somebody cares about us. Are you guys doing some type of 80th year celebration to... Well, there's this thing called COVID. No, I'm not, you know, we still, are still yeah. we are still uh, being cautious. We are going okay. to we're uh, looking at different events, so we're doing smaller things. So we recently had an event for agencies within York County to come together. Most of them had been funded in the past or, in, or currently, but we gave them an update on what we're doing. Um, we've been able to do some virtual events. So with the school district in the past, the school districts in the past, and so. Um, we also have a breakfast coming up so it'll be tailored events to different audiences but definitely keeping them um, smaller instead of one great big event for now is there anything that we missed or that you would like to add or is it simply unitedway.org for people to go to Sure. I think one thing that we don't want to forget to address is that we have a workplace campaign coming up with the city of Rock Hill. Um, so folks that um, work for the city can contact Jordan Hamrick in Housing Development Corporation. He's also my husband. So uh, I knew he, you looked familiar. He, I was like, I've seen her before. He has a really good reason to <laughs> do a good job on this campaign. Um, but uh, he can get you pledge forms or uh, send you to the online pledge form to give. Um, and we think that's a great way to be able to engage with the community and support the work that we're doing here in Rock Hill in the county. And where can people go to find more information besides the website? Or is it just the uh, website? I would say the website would be uh, your main place. It has everything, information, videos, how to contact 211, just various, um, you know, you can find out who the staff is, the board members. I think we've tried to really locate most of it within the website. Yes, and that's United Way of YC. Dot org YC is in York County and through our website you can engage with us on Facebook Twitter LinkedIn and Instagram as well awesome well thank you ladies so much for uh, joining us here on CityCast today thank you. thank you thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud Google and Apple podcasts to keep up with City of Rock Hill information follow us on social media